Are you ready to make 2017 the year you transform your life? You can wait for something to happen, or you're actually going to decide to go, go home after this weekend to do something about that. We all know that we have a very, very limited amount of time on this earth. So let's not have repeated years. Live your own life. Make the choice, make the decision for your own life. Fear is where you develop courage. There's a moment going, holy crap, all right, I'm gonna do this now. The Wellness Breakthrough is coming. And so you actually have that choice every single morning, every single day, every single moment to decide whether you're gonna live it to the fullest or not. Join myself, Marcus Pierce, and the Wellness Guys, Damien Christoph, Lawrence Tam, and Brett Hill for two nights and three days of transformation at the Country Place. Ten acres of breathtaking rainforest in the Dandenong Ranges of Victoria, February 17th to 19th. It's each and every single one of you are going to support each other in your journey, whatever that journey is. Couples discounts available, limited spots remaining for all information and to watch the spine-chilling video, go to thewellnessbreakthrough.com. Thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. The Real Food Real is a fresh and educational podcast dedicated to your health. We get real on current research, debunk food myths, and educate you on how to just eat real food. Your host, Steph Lowe, the natural nutritionist, is one of Australia's leading sports nutritionists, passionate about simplifying nutrition and addicted to coconut lattes, smoothies, and sweet potato. If you love the show, then please leave us a review on iTunes. Share the real food reel with your friends and continue to spread the real food love. Hi team and welcome back to The Real Food Real. Today on the show, we are joined by Sarah Hawthorne from My Balance and Wellness. Sarah and I are going to discuss all things digestive wellness today. Hi Sarah and thanks for joining the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. This is going to be a really juicy topic, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Can't wait to dive in. But we haven't had you on the show before, so I'd love for you to introduce yourself to our listeners. You can share as much information as you like about you know, your journey, whether it's a personal health or what you've been up to um, with your career. Thank you. Yeah, I'm actually a fellow Aussie as well. I'm living now in California in the San Francisco Bay Area. Um, I moved here about five years ago with my husband, but um, originally I'm from Geelong, so spent a lot of time living in Melbourne as well, and it actually took me a while to get on the health and wellness path in terms of my career. Originally, I studied visual merchandising design at RMIT University in the city, um, and it wasn't until after that course that I traveled the world and really became fascinated as to how other cultures um, were really looking after their health health and um, seem to grow their own food and live off the land and just really um, find happiness within. So that really inspired me to refine my own health, which was pretty terrible. Um, I was one of those junk food addicts growing up and really just did not know anything about self-care. So after I came back from my travels and settled down, I thought, 
what do I want to do with the rest of my life that doesn't feel like work? And to me, that just was health and nutrition was definitely um, something I was the most passionate about. And um, I enrolled in studies um, based out of New York City. Um, it's called the Institute. Institute of Integrative Nutrition. Um, you may have heard of that one before. Quite a few Australians have also um, completed that course. It's online. And that just really went, wow, that opened up my world and my mind and refined my health and allowed me to then start seeing clients as a certified health coach. Yeah, so amazing. my story in a nutshell. Yeah, really good. I love that you obviously – wanted to find something that you love. And we talk about this a lot on the show because I think it's a really important part of wellness. You know, we know now how crazy and negative stress can be and our careers take up such a huge part of our life that, you know, I always love when someone's made that decision, which is not always easy um, to switch industries or change their career. And, yeah, well done for doing that. It's lovely to see. Yeah, I think I realized um, back when I was studying, um, even though it was only a two-year course, I was doing that as well as working on the side and I just experienced this massive burnout and I realized, you know, I've got to come first. I was coming dead last, Mm. (laughs) you know, and that stress just wasn't worth it anymore. I was unhappy and just completely depleted really so those travels rejuvenated me and when I realized you know work should be something you're passionate about ideally something that you enjoy because we do as you said spend so many hours dedicated to it we may as well you know pick something that to us really makes us feel purposeful and meaningful and recharges and energizes us Yeah, absolutely. Very cool. So our topic today is digestive wellness. And, you know, we speak about gut health a lot on the show, but I really wanted to take things back to basics, at least to begin with you. Um, Certainly to almost, you know, start from the top if we can with digestion and what we can do um, basically as soon as we think about food. Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, I'm someone that loves food. Uh, You could almost call me obsessive food, like all things good and healthy. I'm like, I'm down. And I try and get my clients to be equally as enthusiastic about nutrition. It doesn't have to be such a boring word. um, And it doesn't have to be something that's about deprivation and all of that. But You've probably heard um, the saying, you are what you eat. Um, And I say, you're not just what you eat, but you're also what you absorb. And a lot of people come to me with absorption issues. So even if they're eating healthy or they think they're eating healthy, they can often have a lot of nutritional deficiencies because their digestion is compromised. Um, And we need to look at what's going on there first and try and fix that so that they can utilize all the nutrients that they're putting in their mouth and hopefully have a cellular impact um, from that food intake. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's a really important point. I mean, the you are what you eat is certainly a really, really great summary, but I think we do need to take things a lot further, particularly in this day and age where I think you'll agree digestive conditions are unfortunately all too common. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, these days they are. Um, I remember talking with my mom and she said back in the day, she didn't hear of any of these conditions. Um, she's like food sensitivities. We just ate everything on our plate. We had our milk delivered fresh from the farm down the road in the morning. You know, things are different back then. People didn't know um, anything but meat and three veg or, you know, a home cooked meal. Um, and they everyone seemed to have quite fine health. But I think, you know, um, especially in my generation, generation that's changed and we have to look at what triggered this in the first place um first of all our farming practices changed we're using all these chemicals and in the states genetically modified organisms which um have really upset our digestive tracts um to the point that we've got inflammation immune activation and for some people even things like leaky gut where there's holes in the intestinal barrier so um it's about going back to our roots and just looking at food as something that's real that nature provided for us and taking the confusion out of what to eat um since there's so many different diet trends and things these days it's just about returning to nature and eating the the foods that she provided for us you know both from the land and the sea. So I think if we do that, we can really improve our digestion and repair our digestive tracts and then, you know, feel happy, healthy and energised. Yeah, absolutely. The food choices play, uh, you know, probably their most important role. But what about when it comes to food behaviours? So, Mm -hmm. you know, we talk a lot about the the rest and digest. So I'd really love for you to sort of explore that area, if you will, in terms of, what we need to do when it comes to, say, contemplating a a meal, and then we can talk more about the behaviours and also things like the importance of chewing. Totally. So that's one of my favourite topics of conversation. Um, When I sit down with my clients, first of all, we have to look at the state that they're in when they're eating each meal. So you can either be on the go, in the car, scoffing down breakfast on your way to work in that long commute or, you know, just cramming lunch in at your desk at the office while responding to emails, you know, all this multitasking, trying to get more things done in a short amount of time, really putting food as a sort of a last priority. That is um, definitely compromising your digestive fire and your ability to absorb your nutrients if we are in an alert activated stress state then our body's going to prioritize that sort of condition instead of digestion so we're going to have um, a heightened heart rate we're going to have um, muscle reflexes working at prime we're going to have um, our focus um, with our mind and our eyesight really sharpened all of those things are going to happen instead of your your stomach secreting um, stomach acid or your pancreas secreting digestive enzymes um, or your intestines ready to um, absorb nutrients that things that stuff's going to get put last so one tip I would say is just to really carve time out in your day just to sit down and really enjoy your meal even if it's just 15 minutes to eat your breakfast 15 minutes to eat your lunch and then half an hour to eat your dinner as long as you're taking deep breaths, you're trying to relax, um, you're not distracted with technology um, or conversations, just really engaging your senses, um, your sense of smell, the, the appearance of the food, how things taste and um, as we said, you know, chewing each bite thoroughly, then you're really going to give your digestive system a head start and a big um, reboot. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a relatively simple thing to do, but how many people actually do it? Like I I have this conversation with most of my clients and I still find myself falling into that trap. So I think yeah. it's an important topic to, to talk about again because it is yeah. something that you can change like straight away. Like you can literally look at your day and schedule things just a little bit yeah. differently to allow that time. Yeah, I'm someone that needs my calendar. I'll put everything I'm doing in the day on the calendar. So if from 12 to 12.30 I've got lunch blocked off, nothing else can take away from that time. And then I know no matter how hard I've worked that morning, I've got that little break for myself to look forward to. And, you know, by then, I, by then I'm ravenous and I'm really looking forward to that meal and I know that I get to enjoy every single little bite. <laughs> yeah, really important. I mean, the reality is most of us um, could be a lot more productive on either side of that break, which means that, yeah. like you say, it's like something that you're actually rewarded with. So it's about mm-hmm. taking ownership. You know, ultimately, no one else is going to make those decisions or, or change the schedule. So Definitely. I love the idea of the appointment because it is an appointment with yourself so that you can obviously nourish yourself and then have a really productive afternoon or, you know, work on whatever it is that is going on in your world. So yeah. I'd love, you know, I'd love for everyone that's listening um, that perhaps is either in the trap or fallen back into the trap like I'm guilty of is just to reassess things and have a look at the calendar for the next week and start to make that more of a habit rather than something that, you know, when you first start doing it, it's, it's going to take a bit more work to, um, you know, to practice like any new skill. And one thing also that can help that is um, I think communication is key. Sometimes our bosses or the people we work with or for aren't aware that we're feeling quite slammed or that we really do need a little break to recharge. So if you say to your boss, for example, that you dedicate this many hours of the morning and this many hours in the afternoon to work and that in the middle of that day you just need half an hour to sit, recompose yourself, energize and fuel the body with a really healthy meal, then they're going to support that and they're going to want that for you. They're going to notice that you're a happier employee or um, person to work with and everyone's going to benefit from it. So I think just Mm -hmm. telling people, standing up for your needs because we really shouldn't put ourselves last and we shouldn't take second best. So I think um just yeah kind of reshuffling some things around and you know uh verbalizing to people um your what you need to feel good yeah i love that so let's Mm -hmm. move on to talk about the importance of hydration but i also want to um i want you to share um what i call the 20 minute rule i think you'll know what i'm referring to absolutely so um (laughs) it's interesting i'm one of those people that Back in the day, I was so guilty of forgetting to drink water throughout the day that when I would sit down for a meal finally, that's when I would chug down glasses upon glasses just to rehydrate my body. And it wasn't until I actually studied nutrition that I realized what I was doing was so terrible for my digestive system. So water actually competes with your food. Um, You um, risk diluting your um, gastric secretions such as hydrochloric acid and your digestive 
digestive enzymes. So we really want to keep the digestive fire strong um, by just allowing mealtime to be focused on food and hydrating instead between meals. Now, if you are thirsty at dinner time um, or mealtime, you can take sips of water, of course, mm. but to chug down a whole glass or go through multiple glasses or even a whole carafe of water in that one sitting is just too much. So if we rewire our behaviors and just try and carry a drink bottle throughout the day with us in between meetings or um, work, then we're going to be remembering to continue to drink between those meals so that, you know, maximum digestion can take place when we sit down to eat. Yeah, for sure. And I think, we're, again, we're all a little bit guilty of that, but it is yeah. that rewiring, as you say. Like, I love that. It's a simple yeah. decision. You know, I get a lot of people that it's almost like they just think that that's the way they are. You know, they don't drink water. But, right. <laughs> you know, you can, you can change that right now. Absolutely, mm. yeah. And you can even make your water taste good. If you're someone that doesn't drink water, you know, you can add a little bit of apple cider vinegar to it or some a, fresh squeeze of lemon. Sometimes cu cucumber slices are nice. That reminds you of being at a day spa, which makes you feel really beautiful and luxurious. Um, or even some stems of mint leaves are delicious to put in there. Um, I know um, friends that even put a drop of peppermint essential oil into their water just to jazz it up a little bit. Um, oh, and lastly, herbal teas are a really nice way to hydrate too. So there's so many ways to make water way more exciting and more fun to drink. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So what about portion sizes and the 20-minute rule? True, yeah. So the 20-minute rule basically is it takes a full 20 minutes at least um, for your body to register that you've had enough to eat at any given meal time. So Take it slow while you're eating your meal. Um, drag it out as long as you can. Take really meaningful bites where you're chewing your food thoroughly. And then um, if you still think you're hungry, wait at least 20 minutes before you go back for any kinds of seconds or, um, you know, go for dessert. Uh, often we don't need it. If we just wait that little bit longer to listen to our body and feel satisfied, then we're, we're quite comfortable and, you know, we prevent ourselves from overeating if we uh, really slow down and pay attention to that timing. So allow 20 minutes just to check in with yourself and see how your belly is really feeling. You want to be about Three, um, three quarters of the way full so that you're not feeling puffy and bloated and uncomfortable um, later on after your dinner or whatever meal you're having. And in terms of portions, um, I like to sort of divide the meal plate down into categories and say, look, I'm going to have at least half the plate be full of veggies and then a quarter of the plate be a high-quality protein source. Now, that doesn't matter if you're a carnivore or omnivore or a vegetarian or a vegan. There are so many different sources of protein you could pick from to fill in that quarter of the plate. And then the other quarter I like to um, really um, dedicate to having a, a low, low glycemic complex carbohydrate choice such as sweet root vegetables um, or something like a, a seed like quinoa or a whole grain like buckwheat. So, yeah, that's how I like to portion out the plate. And, you know, if you're someone that finds you overeat, you can always go for a slightly smaller dinner plate size. Um, but otherwise, the standard plate, I just, as long as it's full of vegetables, at least half the plate, then I know that I can't 
overeat those. They're filling me up with good fiber and nutrients um, and they're relatively low in sort of calories. Yeah, for sure. Beautiful. Yeah. All right. So I wanted to move on to our next topic, which is transit time. So everyone loves the good old poo talk, but it's really, really important that we do have that conversation. Um, so what are your sort of tips on what we should be looking for from a transit time and also from um, the ideal number of bowel movements per day? Yeah, it's funny. I sounded so excited just then to talk about <laughs> you were. <laughs> Um, it's something I never used to think about really. Um, and often I'll ask my clients, uh, so do you suffer from constipation? And they're like, well, I don't know. Like how, and I say, how regular are you? Do you go once a day, three times a day or every other day? And sometimes I have people that don't even go for up to three days. And I said, well, look, that is considered constipation because anything over 24 hours, um, should be passed through the body. Um, Oh, sorry, food should be passed through the body within 24 hours. Anything over that is too long and can create toxic buildup. So uh, we really want the transit time of our meals to be anywhere between 12 to 24 hours. Anything less than 12 hours, on the other hand, is more considered diarrhea or loose stools where we risk um, losing a lot of nutrients rather than having enough transit time where the food is in the GI tract long enough to absorb the nutrients. Mm. Uh, so I would say if you're going anywhere between one to three times a day, then you're a relatively regular person and each person is different. We have to respect that. There's not one thing that suits everybody. Um, we all, uh, vary in that based on our food, our lifestyle choices. So, and that just our body type. So anywhere between one and three times a day, I would say is looking quite healthy and good. Yeah, great. And I think some people will probably be falling off their chair hearing that three times is normal when they're maybe going once every three days. So it is really important to look at. And we've spoken about um, either the Bristol uh, stool chart or there's a really great version of that from Practical Paleo called the Poop Pageant, um, which I'll link up in the show notes. And it just shows a great visual of what we should expecting from the the shape and consistency and things like that that are really important to pay attention to because yeah certainly either side of normal can indicate that you know there's some work to be done yeah absolutely and there's things that you can do if you're at either end of the spectrum whether you've got diarrhea loose stools um or whether you're constipated um there's a lot of natural remedies and things you can do with just your food and lifestyle choices so it's nothing to fear it's just a matter of being aware of it and then addressing it yeah beautiful can we talk about some of those tips if we start with for someone that might only be going every three days what would be your top three suggestions Yeah, I would say, one, make sure you're hydrating Mm. enough. So that goes back to our earlier tip, um, making sure you drink enough water during the day between meals. Um, Two, making sure you're getting regular physical movement. Just going for a brisk walk or a light jog is often enough to stimulate the bowels and help things move through the intestines and the the colon. So um, that would be number two. Number three is really ensuring there's enough fiber in your diet. Um, making sure that, you know, plant foods, they're the ones that contain 
fiber. So fruits and vegetables are definitely the at the bottom of the pyramid <laughs> instead yeah. of yeah. the breads and the pastas and the carbs like often the government has told us for so long. But really vegetables are um, the key to good health. And for me, I always make sure that they're organic so that I'm not adding a toxin load to my intestines and my colon um, and then throughout the rest of my body. Um, but there is a supplement that I recommend to my clients if they are um, constipated and magnesium citrate and that helps to draw out water from the um, colon into the bowel and help that to pass through more easily um, and that's just very natural two-thirds of Americans are actually deprived or depleted in um, magnesium so since they're not getting it enough through their diet or because their digestive system is compromised and they can't absorb it properly so um, I would say that is often a safe um, supplement to look at if you've already tried those first three things I mentioned. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And magnesium is such a beautiful, simple solution um, that a lot of people. I mean, Australia is not dissimilar, unfortunately, with the with factors right. such as the you know the agricultural industry and um, decreasing soil quality. So. Right. Yeah, I think a beautiful place to start. Um, yeah. It is, you know, it does have a laxative effect in excess. So just being mindful not to go too crazy when you first Absolutely. start. Yeah, I often say like no more than 600 milligrams um, a day. That would be 300 milligrams for breakfast, 300 milligrams for dinner. Um, splitting it up because the body can only absorb so much in one um serving so yeah. um and that's usually a safe dose for most people it is one supplement that i say is self-regulating mm. um some someone may only need um 300 milligrams and that's enough to help them go to the bathroom that day and that's fantastic but some other people may need 600 milligrams and i know a lot of people who do take more and that's that works well for their body but um as a rule of thumb i usually use the 600 milligram mark as a good indicator of um a starting point at least yeah amazing yeah. great tip and what about yeah. the other end of the spectrum what would be maybe like some indicators or some potential causes of diarrhea yeah. and what needs to be done like three tips there as well would be fantastic yeah Absolutely. Um, look, diarrhea can be caused by many different things. Um, first of all, it could be um, microbial imbalance. So if you've got a parasite or you've got some kind of infection or overgrowth, that can be contributing to loose stools um, for some people, but that might be a yeast overgrowth um, or a parasite that they caught while traveling overseas and they haven't managed to get rid of. Um, so I'd be looking at your um, internal gut flora and often you can get a comprehensive stool analysis through your integrative um, doctor or your naturopathic doctor or your nutritionist. Um, often they have resources to ordering those sorts of things for you. Just have a good look at what might be going on in, inside your intestines. Yeah. Um, second of all, it can be definitely diet related if we've got food sensitivities um our body might be um wanting to eliminate those foods rather quickly um if we are stressed um and in survival mode uh chronic stress and fatigue throughout the day then our bodies may decide digestion is not a priority so it's time to eliminate that food as quick as possible so we can focus on surviving um in other ways like um being able to run from an emergency situation um, there's really so many different causes to it and I would say just a poor diet in general too much sugar 
too much caffeine, alcohol, those sorts of acidic um, foods and beverages um, often in my clients will cause them to have loose stools. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. I love the testing idea though and we do talk about that quite a lot on the show because, Mm. you know, it's – it can be a number of different issues and I like to personally remove the guesswork and then obviously your treatment plan can be measured with retesting in, you know, six months' time, for example. Um, and then, you know, what you do understand is a lot more about what deficiencies or, you know, I guess um, challenges are causing the problem. Yep, absolutely. And it is, otherwise we're just taking an educated guess. Mm -hmm. And um, we can always look at what's most likely and uh, just take a stab in the dark and, you know, treat that. But it's always better to have data. I'm a big believer that we've Mm -hmm. got this great technology now. We've got wonderful science backing us up here to get a really clear idea of what's going on with our internal health. And if I had my way, um, it would just be covered by, you know, all insurance all across the world and part of everyone's yearly checkup to just have an annual stool test so um hopefully times will change and that will become more of a mainstream thing more of a more common thing um because it's really fascinating once you get your results back and interpret them you're like wow i didn't know all of this was going on inside of me it's really cool and you feel empowered to to make the right choices um that are gonna either improve those results or maintain those good results so yeah i thoroughly recommend getting one um even yearly if you can yeah i totally agree and i think hopefully not not in the um too distant future that it will be available yeah um because they are you know they can be expensive for some people like we've been working more recently with uh bioscreen in um melbourne here and Mm -hmm. if you want to do the full um fecal matter analysis with parasites you know it's 450 dollars, so that can be a barrier for some people so i think in terms of like the private health options and some more awareness to the importance of this sort of testing i mean i can't wait to see that day absolutely and look i was i would say i struggled with major gut health back in the day gut issues sorry um i was diagnosed with leaky gut food sensitivities, dysbiosis, you know, the, the whole works. And my brother, for example, has Crohn's, my sister has celiac disease. So it's just in our family. And I think the biggest bang for your buck, if you want to get the most information, is to look at how you can invest in that test um, because you'll probably spend as much trialing all these other things that aren't effective because you haven't really addressed the root cause of things i think it can just be a really good way to spend your money and just get the answers so that you can take the right treatment and go right down the right path instead of trying to go down a thousand other paths at the same time and just getting frustrated so yeah i really see the skew in it yeah spot on i think in terms of the cost it can certainly be overwhelming so i'm very aware of that but you're right like it can be that sort of short-term cost for a long-term And obviously saving money down the track with um, not buying expensive supplements or yeah, having the wrong treatment plan. Mm. Beautiful. So we've gone through like a lot of great, relatively simple, but super efficient ideas. And I love that, you know, it's been such a great comprehensive view, but there's a couple of other areas that I do want to include. Um, And I know Mm -hmm. that you have some tips around um, looking at, probiotics and then talking about toxins which you touched on briefly with your vegetable choices can you Mm. um, talk to us more about firstly um, what your recommendations are for 
digestive health in regards to probiotics. And then um, we'll talk about the toxins. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think, you know, again, like we're just evolving with science and technology and things. And I'm hoping one day that there's this customized probiotic for each. There is on the way. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So um, right now, what most of us have access to are probiotics on, you know, our health food store shelves um, or from our physicians, and that's great because they can be really helpful. Um, what they've been proven to do is to calm the immune system. So a lot of people have overactive immune systems based on, you know, activation from food sensitivities and constant exposure to toxins um, that are just like causing their body distress. So it's great to take a daily probiotic, I feel, to one, calm the immune system and keep that in check and balanced, and also to just help replenish any gut flora that may have been lost in the past from things like antibiotics. I'm a victim of over um, doctors and um, specialists over-prescribing antibiotics to me, so mm. I need to be extra vigilant that every single day I'm getting some kind of beneficial bacteria intake, whether that's from a supplement or from fermented foods, which is a nice, inexpensive way to be able to nourish um, the lining of your gut and make sure that that those micro the good microbes are, are thriving um, so things like sauerkraut tempeh um, kombucha miso um, we've got uh, kimchi all these different one uh, yogurt mm. this the list goes on kefir <laughs> um, as long as we're eating a source of those things Every single day, ideally with each meal if we can, then we're really making sure that we're adding in the good guys and supporting our immune function. Yeah, beautiful. And so good that we've got an abundance of food options. I think that, you know, when I first started in the industry um, and I was actually doing some postgrad studies and working at a health food store, feels like a lifetime ago, but, um, Mm -hmm. you know, we were basically prescribing out of a fridge. Um, Even though obviously kimchi and sauerkraut and fermented foods have been around for centuries, it was more just like they'd almost been forgotten about with the onset of refrigeration and the supplement industry. Um, But now we're doing a beautiful 180 going back to all of those amazing foods like bone broth included that were made historically, um, sometimes perhaps without an awareness of the overall like amazing benefits, but certainly um, great to see that there's so much conversation and that we can include such beautiful food sources and move away from pills and things like that, which, you know, certainly have their place, but not all the time. Yeah, yeah exactly. And again, like this um, stool analysis, probiotics can be very expensive, especially when mm. we're taking them month after month for the rest of our lives. So I, not everyone has that within their budget. So it's always nice to know that we can make our own sauerkraut and things just like at home with something as simple as a head of cabbage and um, reap the benefits of that food uh, in our daily diet. Yeah, absolutely. And it costs like $2 for a couple of months supply. Right? Exactly. (sighs) Yeah, beautiful. All right, so toxins is also a conversation that we do explore um, on the show. But what are your sort of thoughts on the impact of toxins and gut health? And what are, like, again, we'll go with three simple tweaks that we can make to minimize our exposure. Yeah, absolutely. So toxins are something that are just 
in on the planet. Like we can't avoid all of them, but we can make a very conscious choice to do the best to minimize them as much as possible. So first of all, I like to do that through my food supply <laughs> because um, I never realized growing up that there were chemicals sprayed on produce. I thought an apple was an apple. I didn't know there was a difference between organic and conventional. No one ever educated me in this. So I felt a little bit disappointed, you know, when I found out, oh, my gosh, I've been eating for years all of these toxic chemicals that are in my system on a daily basis and accumulating in my liver and uh, in my cells. So I knew that as soon as I found that out, I had to um, go 100% organic and it definitely used to cost more money, but I think there's savvy ways now to be able to enjoy um, organic food, like going to the farmer's markets and shopping there when they're about to close because you get all the great deals and special offers. Um, there's also CSA boxes, which are really good value. So um, eating organically is something that I really prioritize. Um, and then too, that inspired me to clean up my personal hygiene products. So all of my beauty care supplies, I gradually um, phased out the things that I was grabbing off the shelves and, you know, from a conventional supermarket or pharmacy and went to the health food stores and really started to explore mineral makeup and, you know, using jojoba oil as a body moisturizer instead of a a bottle of moisturizer that has at least 20 ingredients in it. So a lot of them I didn't even recognize. So that's yeah. the second thing yeah. I think is really good to avo avoid where possible. And the third one is stuff in your home. Like those multi-purpose sprays you're using on your countertops or the laundry liquid or the dish soap you're having or the hand sanitizer, like all of that can be cleaned up too. And I think um, going to your local health food store is a good starting point because they can educate you in what products are better, how to make your own natural um, solutions at home with simple things like vinegar, apple cider vinegar, or um, even just baking soda <laughs> like your grandma used to do. Yeah, so yeah. I think that's a great way to avoid toxins as well because they do um, – you know, we ingest a lot of the ones in our food supply and that activates our immune system and also creates a big toxic burden on our liver. Yeah, for sure. And again, it's like we're going full circle, right? So I love that, you know, we say that with food, like don't eat anything that your great grandmother wouldn't eat. And then we yeah. go full circle with all those amazing remedies that have, you know, were almost forgotten about when now we realize that they're not only cheap, but so much more better for you. Yeah, absolutely. I think all you need really in your um, household cleaning supply is vinegar and baking soda <laughs> or bicarb soda. Like those two things can be stretched a long way. Um, and again, another thing to think about is like our water supply. Um, there's a lot of toxins, chl um, chlorine and fluoride in our drinking water just from the tap. So if you can either drink pure spring water or get yourself one of those reverse osmosis um, water filters for the home, then you're doing yourself and your family a huge favor in avoiding a lot of those things. Yeah, beautiful. Such amazing yeah. tips. And I love that we've kept it so cost effective, like digestive wellness doesn't need to be anything that is too much of a burden. Obviously, the stool testing yeah. is something that we can prioritize, but 
from yeah. all the other tips that we've gone through today, there's um, some really simple strategies that will be far cheaper than, you know, like you said, with the beauty regime, relying on um, conventional toxic products. Um, and there's always a way to shop smarter while having your health in mind. Absolutely. And it should be accessible for everyone. That's the thing. And I think it's becoming more that way. But there's so many simple tips like we've discussed today that you can start implementing now. And you can notice the health benefits. You can feel better from them. Simple things like hydrating between the meals or eating organic where possible or making your own fermented foods at home. You could just Google search that or even type it into YouTube. And I'm sure there's like two minute demonstration videos on how to make sauerkraut for your for your good bacteria every day. Um, And, you know, back one thing I did forget to to mention um, back with the digestive process was chewing. And chewing, if you think about it, is the only involuntary part of digestion. The rest happens automatically. So our food is only going to be absorbed as well as we chewed it in the first place in the mouth. That's going to give our stomach and our intestines a big head start in their, their functions and their hard work. Yeah. So just chew food thoroughly, everyone. Like, even if it's like take thirty bites out of one, um, thirty chews out of one bite, <laughs> and you'll be you'll be set. Yeah, for sure. And again, that can be quite a big shock to some people. Um, yeah. We we normally say like yeah, at least twenty chews per bite, um, but yes. even that can be can feel quite different. But a really good place to check in with what your current behaviours are, and if you are having digestive challenges that you know we know that it starts in the mouth so you can make that change straight away yeah definitely and i mean we've got um enzymes that are secreted in the saliva to help break down the carbohydrates and um some of the fats and then our stomach breaks down the proteins and then our intestines absorb all of those nutrients and continue further breakdown so we just if we can chew 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 you don't have to count out 20 times or 30 Mm. times just chew and be mindful of slowing down and making sure it's almost like a paste liquid consistency before you swallow then um you're probably going to save a lot of money on digestive support supplements like stomach acid support or digestive enzymes um just from that one act alone some Sometimes there's you, there's a need for both, but um, you're definitely that's one huge thing that helps a lot of my clients to feel better about eating and have more comfortable digestive process. Yeah, beautiful. It's been so great to have you on the show today. Before we wrap up, can you please direct our listeners to um, your online home and how they can find out more about you? Absolutely. So I have a website called My Balance and Wellness, and that's www.mybalanceandwellness.com just as it sounds Um, and there I've got some videos Uh, I have a blog that's got some really interesting articles that you can follow I post one every single week Um, and from that website you'll find um, my social media channels as well you'll be able to click onto my Facebook page my Instagram Twitter and Pinterest so Um, Yeah, I hope that you connect and just enjoy all that wonderful content that is out there online so you can start educating yourself and feeling empowered to make um, these little changes that make a big difference just like we've talked about today. Amazing. Love it so much. Thank you again, Sarah, and I'm sure our paths will cross again really soon. Thank you, Steph. I really appreciate it. Bye, everyone. 
This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.